You're listening to WXXI News. I'm Beth Adams. For the second day in a row, the skies above Rochester and western New York will be filled with smoke from Canadian wildfires. WXXI meteorologist Josh Nichols says they're drifting this way from western Canada. The good news is that despite the presence of the smoke this morning, it will begin to thin as the day wears on, and the passage of a cold front tonight should allow for a bluer sky heading into Wednesday. But air quality may remain an issue for many, especially during the morning. An air quality alert will remain in effect until midnight. A group of forest rangers with New York's Department of Environmental Conservation say the wildfires in Canada cover a vast area and it appears only Mother Nature can stop them. The group spent two weeks fighting the fires in Quebec and they talked about their experiences during a video call on Monday. Rochester native John Scott is one of the rangers. He says there aren't many natural barriers to the fires except water resources. The train was... uh quite difficult to get to any of the fires. We were flown in every time because there weren't many roads. Uh, and uh, just the expanse of it, seeing it from the air, the, the fires is pretty big. Gary Miller from Hamilton County was the crew boss for the New York team that went to Quebec. Mother Nature, I believe, would be the only way to put this thing out. Um, it's just too dry up there. Miller says this means waiting until winter. All the rangers say they learn from their Canadian counterparts uh, and expect if New York ever needs help fighting similar fires here, our first responder neighbors to the north will be here to help out. Recount results are in for the Rochester Board of Education primary election. WXXI education reporter Noel Evans has the details. There are four open city school board seats up for election this year. There were three clear winners in the Democratic primaries, but the race for the fourth seat was almost too close to call. After a recount, the Monroe County Board of Elections confirms that Jacqueline Griffin won by 33 votes over incumbent Ricardo Adams. Adams is endorsed by the Working Families Party, but he has not said whether he will run for office in the general election. He says regardless, he's proud of what he's accomplished as a school board commissioner. I definitely got um, a lot of more funding to improve the food in the district. Got the SSOs, a $4 raise. I talked about it every meeting publicly. I got the police out of the schools. If Griffin is elected to the school board this November, it would be her first term. She says there is currently too much instability in what students are being taught. The teachers can't teach because the curriculum is always changing. I mean, I don't understand how you can expect anybody to be successful when the curriculum keeps changing. She says her focus is on improving student achievements and increasing literacy rates. The curriculum as a whole needs to be changed, and especially with the reading. We, we need to go back to what works and what has worked years before. Incumbents Amy Malloy and Beatrice LeBron were also winners in the Democratic primary, along with newcomer 19-year-old Isaiah Santiago, who would be the youngest school board commissioner in the district's history. Noelle Evans, WXXI News. Body positivity advocates say a measurement commonly used to assess a person's health is discriminatory. The American Medical Association has concluded that pointing to BMI, a calculation based on height and weight to diagnose health issues, is imperfect. The new policy encourages health care providers to find alternative measures for making diagnoses. Sunshine Julio Orta, a physician's assistant with the University of Rochester Health Service, says there are also racial disparities that make BMI an unethical indicator of health. 
the racial history they point out in the AMA statement doesn't really take into account even basic racial differences. And depending, again, on how we're considering race in medicine is a completely different question. Port Ontario in Oswego was the only emergency refugee camp in the nation during World War II. Previous pushes for national monument status have failed, but now Senator Kirsten Gillibrand is trying again. Ava Pukach reports. Gillibrand and former Republican Congressman John Katko previously pushed for a special resource study by the National Park Service. Gillibrand says the ongoing study is taking too long as she wants the refugees from the camp who are still alive to have the opportunity to see it through. So we are requesting a President Biden to automatically make this a national park. He has the authority to do it. He has um, the, there's many other instances where studies are still ongoing, but the declaration is made. So our goal is to make sure that um, we can do this now. Gillibrand's push for the National Monument status comes at a time when New York State faces an influx of asylum seekers. Many upstate counties passed emergency orders barring them to their county. Gillibrand says New York has had generous communities across the state in welcoming refugees and asylum seekers at different times in history. And she called for comprehensive immigration reform. If we could have the right number of visas for the right number of jobs and change our immigration system holistically, we would be a much stronger country. We'd be a much stronger economy. National monuments are established by executive action or past legislation. In addition to sending a letter to the president, Gillibrand plans to introduce the Fort Ontario National Monument Establishment Act. I'm Eva Pukach for WXXI News. You can find more local news on our website, wxxinews.org.